KTAR News app. A quick reminder, the 35th annual Arizona Renaissance Festival has begun. The Renaissance Festival lasts each weekend uh, until April 3rd. We're giving you a chance to win a family four-pack of tickets by visiting the contest page at KTAR.com for complete details and your chance to win. This is what I'm supposed to say, huzzah, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I, we're going to talk about th- this hour a multitude of things, including opportunity. I am someone that believes you have to change. It's, it gets difficult when you get older. I, I, and it's, it's really funny. I, I always looked at people. I remember being young and thinking, you know, 30 was old. Uh, when I was a little kid, uh, one of our math problems was to do the math on how old we would be on New Year's Day of the year 2000. And I realized I was going to be 32 years old that day, and I couldn't believe I thought you're going to be old. I pray I'm wearing clothes that are older than 32 now. And as you get older, it gets older. It gets harder to change. But you've got to be flexible. You have to be able to um, adapt. If not, they the world passes you by. And with technology and with everything else, there is a, there is something to be said for remaining traditional, and there is something to be said for changing. I love the internet. I love um, social media, but I don't use it the same way a younger generation uses it. I do not take Twitter and Facebook seriously. I'm arguing with people on Twitter right now. I'm making the assumption, I'm making two assumptions. Number one, that these are basically good people. And number two, that it really isn't that big of a deal because it's a conversation. And that's the way I approach it. But there are people in a younger generation that they get their news from Twitter. That's the news source for them. You know, so things change. When it comes to education, things are changing. The first lady, Jill Biden, was talking about as she was at Mesa Community College. Here's a very short clip of the remarks she made from MCC. Across the country, we're seeing programs like just like this one, bridging the gap between what students learn and the careers that they will eventually find. And so this is the say bridging that gap. This is also a time where we have so many options for people. I never imagined I would do this for a living. Never even thought about it. That was never. Now, there are other people. Um, my producer, Julia, is a brilliant young woman. And she is a graduate of the Cronkite School. She is known since she was a very young, a, a young person. She wanted to be in broadcasting. Um, she majored in sports journalism. It was a goal of hers since she was a child. I never imagined I would do this for a living, but it's, I love it. I've, it's my, I can't believe how much I love doing what I do. Um, I didn't realize that the trades were what I was destined for. Now, it makes sense looking at my history. My uncles were hardworking guys. Um, my grandfather was a mechanic. Um, so I have got that gene pool. And when the trades came my way, I excelled and I excelled quickly. So if you saw me in my my youth from kindergarten, from kindergarten until, let's say, to ninth grade. I was an excellent student. 
A's, B's when I got into middle school, but A and B student, but mostly A's. When I was in elementary school, I was a a, a, a rock star in education. I mean, I was I read very early. I was, you know, considered to be one of the smarter kids in my elementary school. Probably says a whole lot about the kids in my elementary school. Um, but then if you saw me in high school, I didn't care about education. Not at all. I wanted to work. I wanted to grow up. And then when you saw me in the next phase of my life, when I found a career path, my point is we all take different paths to success. And when you're looking at people where they are and what direction is best suited for them, that's your job as a counselor. Why are we not talking to children? And they still are children. Parents and counselors talking with children about who they are and where they're going. There are many parents out there that will settle for nothing less than a college education. You're going to college and you're doing this. Maybe that isn't what either they want or they need right now. You know, and so I don't know the answer. All I know, if I didn't have the trades, if I hadn't, um, if I hadn't had the trades around me, if I hadn't had that skill set, I would never have succeeded. I would have, well, I can't say that. I just would have had a different career or a different job. I probably would have had a bunch of jobs and not a career. Um, the first lady talking about bridging that gap between education and a career. My biggest concern for those young people is that we're not preparing them for either. That we're not giving them the skill set that when it comes time to knuckle down, when they finally find something they want to do, think about the things that changed your life. Think about what changed you. When it came time to, for you to be serious, was it a child? Did, did you all of a sudden have a family? Did you all of a sudden find out that you're having a child and now there's a human being that's re, that's re, you're responsible for? Whatever it was, or you found a job you loved and you realized, man, I could do this. I'm working for someone. I'm working in a company where the boss is someone I really admire. I'm doing real. I'm really good at this. And someday I could have my own company. I have a friend uh, back home who worked at a bakery and realized they were a great baker and that someday they could have their own business, and they do. Uh, my best friend from high school never went to college. His dad never finished more than third grade. He's a successful business owner as an air conditioning contractor. Uh, when you find that pathway for you, you've got to have a skill set to excel, and that's my concern. So when you look at uh, the first lady talking about this, I, I ran on a rant earlier about the CTEDs, the Career Technical Education Districts, the CTEDs, the EVITs, and the Westmex of the of the world. They are such an untapped resource. Now they're they've got a lot of students in them, but there is there is such a resource there that could be bigger. There is such a pathway for students that are going to flounder in college that are not because they're not smart enough, but because it's not necessarily the direction that they wanted to go at that time or they find a skill set as a high school student you'd be surprised i've spoken at the eva graduation a couple of years now and the superintendent uh, dr wilson stands up and asks how many of you are going on to college and about two-thirds of the kids raise their hand so they're leaving high school with a skill set whatever that skill set is and they take those skills with them and many of them are using it to pay for college so that they don't have big student loans cosmetology or these other skills um, they ask these kids how many are going in the workforce and then they ask them how many are going into the military how many of these young people that want to serve their country are now equipped with the skill set that gives them rank when they go into the military and and the, and the it is so broad in what they can study now th that's not I've not said 
one negative thing about college, not one. But there is a multitude of kids out there that can be plugged into jobs. The NPR story in front of me that is saying that there are thousands of unfilled jobs that are high-paying jobs that don't require a college degree. And for the kids out there that don't have the money to go to college, they don't have the inclination to go to college right now, but what they want to do, what they need to do is go to work. They need a direction to get them on a career path that gets them sustainability and structure and security. All of that's available, and there's so many more out there. And if the education system, and I'm talking about elementary, middle, and high school, if they don't adapt and start catering to the kids in that world, we're doing them a huge disservice. We are always going to say to kids that are, are ready for college, go get that college education. It's irreplaceable, and it's true. But to the kids where it's not for them right now, why make them a statistic? Why not say to them, you can earn these big, high-paying jobs and go in this direction and get a jump start on it while you're still in high school? And I just think if we're trying to fill all the gaps, we have to see all the gaps. And I don't think that we are necessarily. Uh, 11.20 every day. We get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's a segment we call Did You Hear This? And it's coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Let's get caught up on the big headlines of the day. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. A gunman killed three students and injured five more last night on Michigan State University's campus. A survivor from the Sandy Hook mass shooting is a current student at MSU and spoke out on TikTok. The fact that this is the second mass shooting that I have now lived through is incomprehensible. We can no longer just provide love and prayers. It needs to be legislation. It needs to be action. It's not okay. We can no longer allow this to happen. We can no longer be complacent. Can Second Amendment and gun control activists find common ground to help prevent these shootings from happening? Yeah, if we start focusing on the people that have guns that aren't supposed to, this guy has had a history of having guns he wasn't supposed to have. He was arrested twice in 2019 for gun violations. They were reduced. The charges were reduced from a felony down to a misdemeanor, which meant he was not a felon. So the fact that this guy is still walking around after having a concealed weapon he wasn't supposed to have because he didn't have a permit and having a gun in his car illegally, those two offenses, and this guy has offenses for gun crimes. Why are we not focusing on the criminals? We all should agree on that. The existing gun laws in place. I want these things to end as well, and I feel for this girl. But what legislation is going to fix things? The answer is none. And the only way you could fix it, which it still won't do it, is if the legislation includes outlawing guns, which the Second Amendment prevents. Even in that case, what you're going to have is law-abiding citizens will obey the law and criminals will not. That's where the problem lies. We have have to focus on the criminals. With DUI laws, we focus on the people that get behind the wheel of a car drunk. We don't focus on people that have alcohol in their homes. We don't focus on people that drive cars. We focus on the offenders. We need to focus on the offenders. There needs to be teeth in laws and that are really severe. If you are a felon and you are near a gun or have a gun, there's got to be serious repercussions. That's one way to start down that road, enforcing with teeth existing laws. 
The new consumer price index report came out this morning, and while it looks like inflation is continuing to cool, there is still a long way to go. Today's report makes clear that Americans are feeling the impact in prices of daily essentials, including food, rent, utilities, and clothing. Overall, you're paying almost $400 more every month to buy the same goods and services as you were a year ago. Does it matter if inflation is cooling, if essentials are still costly? I think it matters that we are starting to see slowing of the economy. The concern I have is how deep we're going to have to go to get those essential prices to drop and how many people are going to be caught up in the fallout. That's the bigger concern now is even though inflation is at 6.4% or the CPI is, that we are seeing other things, other factors are still very expensive in the necessities factors. And until we can get a handle on those, this is not going away. And that's the part that scares me. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden visited Mesa Community College yesterday to discuss affordable programs that get students connected with opportunities and jobs. Across the country, we're seeing programs like just like this one, bridging the gap between what students learn and the careers that they will eventually find. What are some ways to help show students multiple education directives? I think that it starts with school counselors. I think that when you get a child into high school and you meet with a school counselor for the first time, there's got to be a way to, a, a way to assess a aptitude, but also a, a, a assess desire and a direction that a child wants to go in and show them what the options are. Give them real options and then say, okay, you can always change direction, but if this is the direction you want to go, let's get you on this path. For the kids that it's a no-brainer that they're going to college, I understand. It's about this is what you have to do to get this grant. This is what you're going to have to do in this regard. This is the test that you're going to have to score on to get into a good college. But for the kids where that isn't the focus, are we as adamant about a direction that gives them the best opportunity for success? That little change could go a long, long way. Not only is it Valentine's Day, but it's Arizona's 111th birthday. On February 14th, 1912, President William Howard Taft signed a bill that turned Arizona territory into the state that we know today. Mike, what are your favorite things about living here? Oh my gosh, uh, the people. I came here in 1992 and fell in love with the place. Um, we disagree respectfully most of the time, just don't look at Twitter. Um, we li- live and let live. We're very passionate about what we believe. And one of the things I like the most for the, about the native Arizonans is that they love their state as much as the Texans loves Texans. The Arizona state flag is a source of pride. The Grand Canyon, uh, the White Mountains, um, uh, Sedona and Oak Creek Canyon, and all of the beauty of the state of Arizona is something that Arizonans take pride in. And they're welcoming. I came here in 1995 full-time to live. I've never felt more at home. I love the people, but I also love the opportunity. We truly are, if you take this valley as a whole and call it one city, we are still a major metropolitan area that feels like a small town. And I love it very, very much. Hey, great job, Julia. As always, we'll do it again tomorrow on Did You Hear This? Um, we are going to focus on the uh, economy a little bit more. I had a conversation with Kristen Bentz from KB Advisory Group, and we broke down what the Consumer Price Index means. It should, not just the numbers, but what it means to people, what this is telling an expert like her. It was an interesting conversation. You'll hear details of it coming up here in a moment. So please hang around.
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you spending some time with me here on the show. Um, with the new CPI, the cons- Consumer Price Index, and the changes that were made, we had an interesting conversation with our analyst here on the show, Kristen Bentz. Uh, I asked her about the main issue. What is the main issue that you've learned from looking at the CPI numbers? The main problem is this wages have not kept up with inflation like in the Trump era. So, you know, back in the day, things were a little bit better, a lot better for middle class folks. Now, not so much. So, you know, our Fed rate is what, 4.65. Inflation is right about 6.7%. It's not great. It's still pretty high. So, you know, you can't fall far from a basement window. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, she's right. And so wages have not kept up with the increases. And when you look specifically at some of the data and you're seeing that the huge increases year over year are still there in in, in, in uh, gas, you know, heating in your home, uh, um, gasoline for your car, food that we eat in the home, not eating out. That went up as well. The only place that there was a little bit of good news is a pretty dramatic drop in the value of used cars. So if you're out there, if you need to replace your car, you're going to have an easier uh, an easier chance to do that because you are um, you know because it's costing less money for a used car news cars the cost of new cars increased as well um, this inflation report it, it what it tells us is that we have a long way to go that the fed's not done raising interest rates we need to get a handle on this and for the average American family, this is what's frustrating to me is because we always argue politically about the middle class. Both political parties say that they are working for the middle class. We want to bolster the middle class. And I don't know how we do that the way we've been doing it, that when you punish the rich, they raise prices. We have systems in place that I'm not saying are a bad thing, but we have safety nets in place for people that can't make ends meet. Um, I personally think they're a mile wide and an inch deep that as a nation, our policies, our basic policies should be we should take care of people that cannot work, not people that will not work. There's a difference. And the people that are able should because we could then be doing more for people that need assistance. The problem with assistance, we've had so much money going toward assistance because of covid with snap increases in the food assistance programs that are going away. People become dependent on them instead of them being a source that is a stepping stool to get to a better place. They end up becoming a crutch. So I and I mean this respectfully to people, anybody out there that is looking, you know, that has been poor for a long time. They were they were born into being at the very least a working class, if not poor, and you never feel like you're quite getting ahead. Um, the government's never done anything to improve your station in life, and nor should they. I don't think that's their job. Should we be making sure that people can eat? I just got an email recently uh, today, as a matter of fact, from our friends over at St. Mary's Food Bank. Um there is still an extreme need in this valley, and we're going to be talking about something. I'm going to mention it in the next couple of days in more detail because it's not happening for a couple of days where when you go out and buy your morning coffee that there is a place here in town that's donating a portion of every cup sold that day here in the valley to St. Mary's Food Bank. They are still setting records or approaching records every day between their Phoenix and their West Valley places of like 1,500. It's like 60,000 
emergency food boxes a month are going out of St. Mary's Food Bank. We had St. Vincent de Paul in here earlier, this probably late last week. We were talking about homelessness and what we can do about getting people off the streets and not just giving them a bed to sleep on, but then giving them a pathway to becoming a, 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 you know back, sheltered once again. Um, those solutions are better left to people because it takes someone. You know, I, I'm. I'm fortunate that I've never been through a 12-step program. I don't seem to have that um, addiction in me where I'm not. I, I, and I, so I've never, I've never done drugs of any kind whatsoever. Never even smoked weed, but I have a drink. I like to have a, a couple of drinks. But I know what alcohol, all, alcoholism looks like because I've seen it in my family, and um, I don't have that. I'm not someone that's addicted, but it is a disease. And when you see people that are suffering from it, everybody that's ever been through a 12-step program tells you you don't get back on your feet until you personally realize you have to do it. Now, in America, we can facilitate and make it easier for people to do that. We've seen it work. We've seen people that have overcome addiction that get back to a life and say, you know what? I was able to do this. You have to do the work. Other people can make it easier for you. And I think in this other regard, although it's not an illness or or anything, sometimes those illnesses lead to the problems. As a society, we shouldn't be keeping people down. What we should be doing is using some of these uh, safety nets as a way to bounce back and get you back to where you need to be. But it starts with someone who is in that position. You can't blame other people for your station in life. You've got to, this is where you are. And now where do you want to go? And the economy, when the consumer price index, would, what, what hurts me about it is the poorest among us, the, the least, uh, the, the lowest end of the economic ladder, the lowest rung on that ladder are the ones that get affected first. But it starts biting into the people that have seemed like there's nothing more frustrating than feel like I've done everything right. I, I manage my money. Um, as a family, we have short-term savings and long-term savings, and we hit and run up credit card debt, and we are saving, and we want to buy a house, but the cost of everything has gone up so much. Here I am moving into, you know, coming out of winter and into the spring, and I'm going to have to tell my kids no to Little League, or I'm going to have to say no, they can't play flag football. We're going to have to not do dance lessons or whatever it is that's valuable for your child. You know what? We're not going out of town on vacation this year. Whatever those things are is heartbreaking. You know they're valuable for your family, but because of an economic situation you didn't create, you have a worse time now than before. And the idea that somehow the that this administration or any administration is going to run out, make a law, collect, confiscate more corporate dollars, it's not going to make the prices go up, and your life is going to improve. When's it happened? It hasn't. It isn't. The idea that we have safety nets are good, in my opinion, but they should be held locally more than they are federally. But this consumer price index shows that when you have policies that are anti-business, when you've got fuel oil um, setting the number one you know, uh, the number one growth in cost and inflation is heating oil, that tells you all you need to know. Well, that's Russia and that's the war and that's that heavy oil from there. That's a contributor. But you're not seeing anything helping to slow down that growth. And those are the things that we should be focused on.
All right, a couple of minutes left before we close it out. We're going to talk about uh, what happened at, um, at Michigan State University and some of the conversations we're having with people online about how we solve or diminish these problems. It's all coming up here in a few moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate you being here for a little bit. The tragedy that happened at Michigan State University where another, it seems to be random shooting, where a 43-year-old man with no connection to the university or any of the victims killed three people, injured others, and then took his own life. We're learning more about this guy. His name is Anthony McRae. We're finding out that he has had um, issues with guns in the past, and yet he still has a gun. Um, the arguments for gun control right now are rampant, that there's got to be something we can do. Well, I will tell you that sometimes there isn't, and then other times what you should be doing has nothing to do – and I'm going to lay out a case. And people always pick away, try to pick away the basic argument. We've had cases over the last few years of famous people, professional athletes that make a lot of money, driving at well over 100 miles an hour, causing crashes and killing people. Then we find out they were high or drunk. No one says, well, and if you, I, I think, and I don't know this for sure, but I think the highest speed limit in our country is 80 miles an hour. I could be wrong, but I know at some places in Arizona, it's 75 miles an hour and others, it's 80 miles an hour. So let's say it's 80. Let's say it's 80 miles an hour on the, on the fastest speed limits in, in the country. And, uh, the state troopers give you five miles an hour as a cushion there. So if you're traveling at 84 miles an hour, you're probably not going to get pulled over. Let's just go with that. But the maximum you're going to when you are going to be ever in this country, ever, 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 ever on our roads that you're ever going to travel and not really be violating the law is 85 miles an hour. Um, Why would you need a sports car that drives 170 or 180 or 200 miles an hour Uh, for the people out there that own a McLaren, um, for the people out there that own a Corvette or own one of the the, the Mustangs that are just loaded up and and uh, and Dodge makes, um, you know, some of the cars that are just like just they're like road warriors. What do you need that for? You can't drive any faster than 85. Why do you need a car that goes over? And no one ever says it's because the engine in that car was too big because that car was capable of going too fast. And yet when it comes to firearms, you don't need a high capacity magazine. Why do you need that many bullets? No one uses an AR-15 to hunt. Nobody. But do you understand in one case, you completely blame it on the idiot behind the wheel that's higher drunk using a gas pedal and going at outrageous speeds. No one, no one, no one says it's the fault of the car because the ability for that car to go too fast or it's too heavy. No one does that. I can go into, if I would get off work today, if I decided to go to a liquor store, um, and I bought eight bags of ice, a keg of beer, and four cases of, di- of different liquor, and I was leaving the store, people would look at me and say, where's the party? Nobody's going to say, oh my gosh, how many people are going to die on the roadways because of that guy? But if I did the same thing, if I went down to a firearm store and I bought 
some uh, ammunition and I was wheeling it out in a hand truck, people want, want to know where the war was or how dangerous I was with that much ammunition. My point is we have to shift the way we think sometimes. And it's not – and I'm only telling you because I am as reasonable as you are in wanting this to end. Where I differ is I've been around guns my entire adult life. Law enforcement and otherwise, members of the military, veterans. Um, and if you look at the horrors of what's happened in our society, there have been people that were legal gun owners that have done things. If you look at the vast majority of deaths, I would say to you that the vast majority of gun de- violence deaths in this country are committed by people that aren't supposed to have guns. That's where our biggest problem is. But it's handguns. It's not AR-15s. It's not these dangerous-looking assault rifles that look ominous. But again, how many bullets that rifle holds is not the issue. Just like how fast that car is capable of going isn't the issue. And, and, and we don't blame those things. I've said before, and it's funny because some people have suggested it, and I think it's ridiculous, but people have suggested it, is that DUIs, Arizona has some of the most strict DUI laws in the entire nation. And um, we take it very seriously here. But if you wanted to eliminate DUIs, what we could do is we could make it mandatory in any vehicle in the state of Arizona. If you drive on an Arizona roadway, that you have one of those interlock devices in your car that you have to blow into to prove you're not drunk to start your car. And that at intervals, you have to keep blowing in that tube to keep your car running. That you would have to do that. And if we did that, we could effectively end DUI in Arizona. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm not blowing in a tube. I'm not paying to have that thing put in my car. I haven't broken the law. Why are they coming after me? Go get the drunks. And then I say to you, well, you know what? You care a lot more about driving your car than you do dead kids on the freeway. You'd say, what a ridiculous thing. Nobody wants to see kids dying at the hands of drunk drivers. But let's go after the drunk drivers and stop coming after me. I'm not driving drunk. It's the same principle. It really is. I've owned guns most of my adult life, as do everybody I know. I am not unique in telling you I've never brandished a firearm in a human being. And with the exception of some police officers and veterans that I know that have been in combat, they've never done it either. The idea of being prepared and able to use a firearm makes us a safer society, not a more dangerous one. You can put all the laws on society that you want. Lawbreakers don't care. This guy in at Michigan State didn't care about the existing laws. The fact that he had had a couple of gun violations in the state of Michigan and still owned guns because they kept knocking the charges down. Go talk to the prosecutor about why that guy wasn't locked up and why he still had guns. That's where you should start. Instead, what you're doing is making what you call reasonable, and I'm doing air quotes, laws that affect me. And I'm, I've never been a threat. Uh, why can't you at least consider what what I say? It, it just it, it's a great argument. Um, we'll have more conversations. If you're a social media user, um, uh, you can find me at Broomhead KTAR on Twitter, Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. And if you want to follow the show, we're at Broomhead Show on Instagram as well. It updates you on what we do um, on the show and our guests. We'll be back tomorrow morning starting just after 8 o'clock. Uh, thanks for spending part of your day with us. Stay, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Statehood Day. God bless. Thank you.